Hello and welcome to the On The Mic podcast. I'm your host, Dani Osman, and today my guest is Prashan Somosundram. He's the general manager of The Projector, a popular independent cinema located at Golden Mile Tower. We spoke about what it's like to operate a cinema with a small team, the role The Projector plays in the local art scene, and how it's adapted to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's the interview. Hi Prashan, how are you today? Hey Danny, feeling good? Yourself? Yeah. I'm good, I'm good. What's been keeping you busy these days? Ah, uh, well, I mean, as you know, it's it's pretty challenging times for everyone, um, and particularly for the cinemas also. So we've just been figuring out how to make ourselves sustainable and, and see ourselves through the end of this uh, COVID period. And for just the uh, listeners who are not really too familiar with the projector, could you give us a little history of the place and what you do there for them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the projector started in December 2014. Um, so it's coming up to about six years old. Um, it's it's known as, you know, one of Singapore's uh, only independent cinema. Um, we took over an old, disused 1970s cinema uh, that was left abandoned for a while, mm-hmm. uh, refurbished it through a Kickstarter project. Okay. And, you know, galvanized the community to, to actually come together and build a community art space. And we've been running for about six years now with pretty diverse slate of uh, independent films and, uh, but, you know, being commercially viable. So that's been something that we're very proud of. Um, we are mm-hmm. on Golden, uh, on Beach Road at Golden Mile Tower in level five. If you haven't been there, do come check it out. It's, uh, you know, it transports you to a whole different space and it's nothing like a, mall kind of cinema that you've experienced in Singapore. And what's it like helping to operate an independent cinema? I mean, what are your day-to-day activities? Is it all about choosing which films to show or like, are there a lot, is there a lot that goes on behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is, I guess, an interesting job in a way. Like, um, so be, be, I mean, yeah, there's the programming side of things also. I'm trying to figure out what films that we Mm-hmm. should bring but also i mean we are a commercial entity so uh, being commercially viable is a very important part of my job <laughs> and and making sure that even you know no matter what indie kind of films we do we need mm-hmm. to make it um, commercially viable and and you know and building an experience around that i think that's something that we do quite differently from mm-hmm. other cinemas in singapore uh, where we try and, and build an experience. And that's where, you know, the intermission bar, F&B, food and beverage uh, offerings and all play a part in mm-hmm. in building an experience for the consumer, uh, for them to come. So for me, it's, it's a lot of like, you know, besides the programming also, you know, thinking about the consumer journey and, and what their experience is going to be like at the cinema and, and uh, you know, make it something memorable. And do you think that's the secret to what's kept the projector around for so long? And um, what, what makes it different from other like major cinemas or even other indie cinemas? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think, um, I mean, we, we have a great team. I have uh, about 14 full-timers. Um, mm-hmm. So it really takes a whole village to run this thing. Um, but, you know, everyone's pretty passionate about it and, they, they own they bring their own element of creativity and, and their own voice to the space also and and we are the greater sum of, of that part mm-hmm. so I, I you know I enjoy working with my team they, um, and I think that creates a very familiar environment for customers to come into they mm-hmm. feel that it's a lot more personal um, 
you know, no matter who you are, they feel comfortable in that space. So it caters to very diverse communities. Um, and I think that has lent itself to the success and sustainability of our cinema. And in terms of the audience that you attract, um, do you find it's mainly the um, film buffs and artsy types or the, do they include now like people like fa- um, families and the average person? Yeah, I would, I would say that it's our reach is quite diverse and it's also very depending on the different types of programming mm-hmm. um, that we offer. Um, so the films themselves also bring in their own audiences. Um, right. you know, we've uh, sometimes we've programmed films about cats, and then that brings all the you know cat lovers out of mm-hmm. the woodwork. Okay. Uh, but then we have some other like music documentaries, and that brings a whole different audience. Or mm-hmm. like LGBT themed films bring their own audiences. So we we do cater to quite a diverse group of audiences, and in the live events also bring their own crowd. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I, I would say that our reach. It's quite wide and it's it's very dependent on the programming, but we do have a large loyal fan base who would mm-hmm. you know come for all the uh, the, the cinephiles in a way who, okay. who come for the very niche content that we mm-hmm. offer also. And do and well, how do you guys decide like what works on screen when you're making the selections? I'm sure the programming aspect is there's probably some art to finding your audience taste and then also throwing in the new stuff that might you know. Um, reach out to a new kind of audience? Like, what's what's the secret to that? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be telling you the secret to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, for, for us, like I say, uh, it's it's a lot of our own interests, what we want to see on the big screen, mm-hmm. uh, what we th- and also what we think needs to be seen. Um, mm-hmm. So we do run certain uh, themes through the year, whether it's uh, this showcase called Women Make Film, where we try and feature women directors uh, who are underrepresented in, you know, other exhibition spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we show environmental documentaries and organize Q and A sessions around it. So mm-hmm. we try and a value add to the whole experience so that right. it's dif- different from just you know watching it at home on on you know whatever streaming platform that you may have. Um, you know that there's a sense of community and that you're being part and contributing to that. So I think Ben has, um, you know, cultivated a, a community around the space, and mm-hmm. and people want to to be part of that community. And and do you face a lot of like competition when it comes to like trying to or uh, challenges when it comes to getting the rights to screen these films that you guys choose? Because I mean, partly Singapore is a very small market in that sense, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so I mean, th- there are definitely challenges to make to acquire things and make it commercially viable. Um, we do work with some partners and we also work with other exhibitors here who the larger exhibitors who also mm-hmm. tend to be distributors like Shaw and Golden Village. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do work closely with them to actually get their content and screen it. Uh, but where we try mm-hmm. and value it is to create that experience around it. But we also have, you know, smaller Singapore distributors, Singapore-based distributors like mm-hmm. Anticipate Pictures, Lighthouse mm-hmm. Pictures, okay. um, who who acquire films, um, you know, at quite risky rates. But mm-hmm. uh, And so we try and make it viable for them also because, you know, as long as the whole ecosystem benefits, um, you know, we benefit too. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been around for a significant amount of time. Do you think that you've, like, like you said, you provide a platform for not just film, but, you know, for talks and social issues, um, event like uh, music space, uh, provide a music space as well. Um, 
do you see yourself as having become like a important part of the local art scene? Yeah, I do think so. Um, I mean, for us, we we do feel that we contribute both um, in in feeding the creative minds of the art scene, you know, and mm-hmm. also, you know, providing a platform for um, you know em- emerging talent in in Singapore. So uh, a lot of the local films tend to have extended runs at the projector rather mm-hmm. than at the main cinemas. They may you know get the the big push at the start from the big uh, cinemas. Right. But then we, we, you know, if you miss that first two weeks mm-hmm. kind of thing, you can always play catch up. Like we're still screening at the nature and sweat season mm-hmm. um, at the cinema right. and it's, it's been out, out for a while, but there's still people who haven't seen it. So okay. I'll, I'll make <laughs> yeah, my way yeah, down soon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure so, you've yeah, seen I mean, I, okay. I, I, Sorry, I, I think we do, we do, create uh, a space where you know people can take risks and also mm-hmm. i mean you know there, there are some films which like uh daniel Hui's, uh demons for example mm-hmm. i mean that's that's really a bit of an art house film which mm-hmm. you know may be challenging in a commercial cinema but we try and, and create space and and offer screenings for that also because there is an audience for, for this kind of content um, mm-hmm. even though it may not be commercially viable at the end of it and and I'm sure in your experience you've seen a, a ton of local films, um, like over the years. Like have have you seen a, an an evolution in their quality or their reach, how they're received and so on? Um, I'm not sure I can speak to, like analyzing the evolution to it. But then mm-hmm. I I do think that there's there's great content that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes it's it's you know just uh, marketing challenge or a perception issue um, from local audiences that, mm-hmm. you know, makes it a bit more challenging to sell the films to them. But um, I, I think generally the, the audience is growing um, mm-hmm. and, and the quality is definitely there. I mean, I'm looking forward to actually the opening film for the Singapore International Film Festival, which they just announced today, Tiong mm-hmm. uh, Baru Social Club uh, mm, right. by BTM, yeah, I think, I mean, that really looks like quite an interesting, mm-hmm. you know, well, well directed film. So, and, and, you know, when, even when we posted the poster of, of that film, like it got so much traction. So I think there's definitely a growing interest in local film and, and people are open to it. Whereas I think previously, even though the quality may have been there, the perception was that it was always inferior to, mm. um, you know, counterparts internationally. And judging from the reception to the films that the projector has screened, um, would you say you've gained any insight into local audiences' um, taste in films? Oh, I mean, it's it's really very diverse, and our programming is also super diverse. So I, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint that. Um, I mean, we show stuff like The Room, which is you know known as the worst film ever, <laughs> yes. but we we try and you know create a fun experience mm-hmm. around it. And, and, you know, the, the local audience are up for it. Like they, they are really quite game and because they know that this is not, uh, you know, they come to a space where they can scream and shout and participate and, uh, you know, like with Rocky Horror Picture Show, so like mm-hmm. throw, you know, toilet rolls in the cinema. And it's kind of a liberating mm-hmm. experience to come to the cinema. And, and I think the local audiences are really game for that. And, and you know, uh, which is the reason why they come to our cinema. 
it feels like you know you can let go and be part mm-hmm. of of that larger community. Yeah, I, I remember watching the Cure concert film at your place, and right. um, people are standing up and dancing, which was great. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Do you worry that um, by doing all these things, the bigger players might end up copying you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's always that chance of replicating what mm-hmm. we do, um, which is why, I mean, I think that my team is critical in this whole experience, uh, mm-hmm. right down to the person at the box office and, you know, the bar staff and everything. These are like various touch points that everyone meets and there's a sense of familiarity. So, I mean, if, if the bigger players replicate that, then I think it's a better experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we will then find our way to, you know, remain ahead of the curve uh, in other ways. Uh, we're, we're constantly innovating and, mm-hmm. you know, we're not just resting on, on the same model that we have done in the last five years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what's next. If somebody else copies what we're doing. <laughs> I, I mean, imitation's the best form of flattery, right? Yeah, in a way, exactly. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just do it better in different ways then. Yeah, and, and speaking of um, innovation, you, I know I've been reading that you guys managed to pivot very fast when COVID um, first struck, right? I mean, you guys went with the online yeah. uh, online service and so on. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so as you may know, like cinemas were the first to uh, be closed on mm-hmm. 28th March um, this year before even Circuit Breaker was declared. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we kind of knew it was something that would happen given what was happening internationally, mm-hmm. uh, but we were not quite prepared for the speed of it. Uh, but the great thing was then, you know, we, we immediately launched a merch uh, push and, you know, got people to buy tote bags and mm-hmm. uh, movie vouchers and everything, even though we were going to be closed. And because the community was so strong and passionate about our survival, like mm-hmm. they, they rallied together. So so that gave us a bit of breathing room, like mm-hmm. while we were close to then figure out, okay, we don't know when we will ever reopen again. Mm-hmm. So so what's the alternative? And you know, that's and and those four months were probably the busiest times Mm-hmm. of my you know <laughs> career there because you know everything was just turned upside down and uh-huh. and for a, for an organization that, that prided itself in bringing people together mm-hmm. we now had to get get our heads around first technology mm-hmm. and also then how to create that communal experience in a socially distanced environment uh, which is in everyone's homes mm-hmm. so yeah it was definitely something that we had to get our heads around, but we mm-hmm. knew that we didn't have any choice, um, you know, to, to not do it. Um, mm-hmm. So for us, yeah, I mean, we went in, we learned everything about streaming technology, mm-hmm. um, spoke to various vendors and, and yeah, I mean, within three months we were, you know, already testing out a platform that we developed from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, yeah, I mean, you know, there were other like streaming platforms, which you can just hop on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we did was we, because we are very specific on what we wanted and we there were also some you know imba requirements about having mm-hmm. an r21 pin right. um, okay. and, and that was something that we needed to customize and so we actually you know customized the platform with a vendor who was not even in singapore mm-hmm. and yeah and and we were able to launch uh, it was just interesting that by the time we were ready to launch after all the testing mm-hmm. you know cinemas were reopened on the same day <laughs> okay <laughs> So 
then we were like, you know, we had to do both two things at the same time. <laughs> but uh, the platform's yeah. still running, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's still an important part of our, I mean, mm-hmm. our capacity is still limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we have reopened, uh, we, because of the one meter distancing uh, between groups, mm-hmm. we are still only at around 30 to 40% of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do need to rely on the virtual platform, the Projector Plus, to actually fill up the gaps, um, which which is proving to be a challenge, but it's something mm-hmm. that we are focused on and committed to for the long term. Uh, will you be holding events again at any point? I mean, now that they are easing that up in terms oh. of like music performances and stuff as well, right? Yeah, so I mean, they are easing it, but also very slowly and selectively. So mm-hmm. we are definitely raising our hands for that. But I think as a cinema, um, you know, our priority would be more the films. Mm-hmm. And whereas they're providing the, you know, theater companies and all that, deservedly, the, you know, the, the focus now in terms of op- uh, opening up live performances. But yeah, I mean, yeah. whenever we are given the rights, we will definitely be ready to do it there's a lot of pen, pent-up energy I'm, I'm sure i'm sure i haven't been to a gig <laughs> since february yes yeah. <laughs> exactly we've learned a lot from the last past year but um going forward we still don't know what's in store with this pandemic right um are there any preparations you guys are making to deal with what's a hit or trying to preempt anything yeah i mean i think we're not taking it for granted that we are out of the woods mm-hmm. um so we are going to continue i mean i you know we are going to continue with the virtual options that we're doing and you know not just dropping off all the work that we've done in the four months of closure so you know we are partnering the Singapore international film festival to offer virtual films on the projector plus and you know in december we are also hosting the israeli film festival on mm-hmm. the virtual platform so we, we are going to continue pushing content on the virtual platform Um, And in the cinema itself, we'll just have to see how um, the regulations ease up and how capacity increases. But otherwise, I mean, uh, for now, our weekends, we are peaking um, and, you know, selling out our shows. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we're still capped at this 40 percent right so I mean, we're going to we're going to continue being vigilant and, Mm -hmm. and not take things for granted um, and and figure out ways to, you know, uh, work with the regulations and still create a safe environment for for everyone. And and moving on to about like um the kind of films that you guys screen um, is I mean have how often have you guys run into issues with like the authorities in terms of like um, running stuff that maybe doesn't meet IMDA's requirement or having to get into some kind of debate about what can be screened and what can't. No, I mean, this, this is a continuing issue all the time in terms of, but we do have a pretty good working relationship with IMDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when we select films, um, we are quite cognizant of what the, you know, rating guidelines are and, mm-hmm. and we will know generally, you know, what is allowable. So in a way, we while we are selecting films, as much as we try and push the boundaries, mm-hmm. we are also quite clear what can or cannot be shown. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, where, where there's an area, and, and all our films are submitted to IMDA for mm-hmm. ratings. Um, so we, and, and there's a, you know, some level of negotiation or, or mm-hmm. engagement, I would say, where, you know, they come back and ask us about the film and whether it's part of a festival and everything. And, and as much as possible, we try to 
ensure that the film gets uh, a theatrical release where possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, we are bound to IMDA's, um, you know, and and you know, so they have their concerns in terms of, you know, religious sensitivities mm-hmm. or, or um, you know, LGBTQ themes. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas violence generally seems okay mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, for us, it's like okay, if if we can't do for a big re- release, mm-hmm. can we do you know smaller smaller festivals, limited screenings, that kind of thing, and we find ways to work with IMDA and and have these films available. Right. So you're saying that yeah. uh, limit, like having it as a limited screening, does affect like whether it can or cannot be screened. Is that right? Um, I, I don't think that's a clear. Mm, regulation right, right. over this okay. um yeah but i i do see that some films uh, you know do get released on a limited screening like whether mm. it's a film fest like sgiff for example right, right. okay um you know some films may be there but then they don't get a extended theatrical mm. release or or you know like say dialect films for example mm-hmm. uh, may you know cantonese films right these tend to get limited screenings only and mm-hmm. you won't be able to get an extended theatrical release. Mm. Um, yeah. So th- those, those are some things that, you know, involve a bit of discussion and, and more so now because, you know, one screening for us now used to be, three, you know, sorry, three, we, one screening used to be 240 people, but mm-hmm. then now we only have like 80 people. So okay. if you're limited to one screening, it's, it's not commercially viable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's something that we also need to then engage the authorities and, and see what's uh, feasible for both the industry and, you know, for, for their regulations. And uh, just moving on, uh, last few questions about yourself, your personal interests. What, what, what drew you to work at the projector? Ah, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I actually was more from the F&D side of things. Oh, um, right, okay. Running, yeah, so I was running Intermission Bar, but I, I mean, I always enjoyed films, but, you know, a bit more diverse uh, in my, and for me, you know, watching films has to be more than just like your art house or indie kind of films. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a total sucker for slapstick kind of uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, fun stuff also, because for me, film is also about entertainment. Right. Um, rather than than just education or you know broadening minds and all. Mm-hmm. So for us, I mean, we, which is why when we do our programming, also we tend to veer away from this concept of art house cinema because mm-hmm. we are a lot more than that. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. So I mean, what happened was um, then then I took over. We, we merged the companies, the, the both the bar and the cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, early last year and and that's when i took over as general manager in the middle of the year mm-hmm. um yeah so overseeing all aspects from the you know from the programming to the events to the fnd experiences and all okay and, and how much how much involvement do you have in the curation aspect of the films like uh do you guys have like very heated debates about what screening or people having all kinds of different preferences and wanting to have them on screen well, I mean, the, the team is really small. So I would yeah. say, you know, there are like three people, including myself, who focus on the, the programming curation side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's passionate about their own things. But for us, 
we generally, if we feel that the topics and you know, and that's that's a quality that deserves to be seen, mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll give it a chance, and then and make as long as it's commercially viable. Uh, so I wouldn't say that we had like huge heated debates or anything, but it's mm-hmm. a lot more of like discussion on whether you know this deserves to be seen on the big screen and what can we offer as a cinema in terms of that value-added experience mm-hmm. and uh, you know whether it's going to be commercially viable or not. You mentioned earlier that um, some of your film screenings are accompanied by Q&A sessions especially if they're dealing with like um, social issues like the environment. Do you and your team support any particular causes or feel strongly about certain issues? Um, yeah, I mean, well, the, gen- the general values that we have as a cinema itself um, mm-hmm. and, you know, for us, like diversity and inclusivity are very big factors um, mm-hmm. as part of our own value system as an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we do have certain programs that we have uh, programmed for the year. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that we constantly go back to to make sure that we do put the the required focus on these programs. And that's like the Women Make Film, the, mm-hmm. the culture documentaries, um, environment documentaries, Pink Screen, our LGBTQ festival, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Because these, these are films that may never get to see the light of day in the mainstream mm. cinemas. Uh, right. But we think it's important to at least, you know, have the opportunity and have discussions around it. And do and you think it's helped people to, like, think more about these kind of issues? I, I do think so. Um, and, and also, I mean, interestingly, now with the whole trying to shift experiences to the virtual space has mm-hmm. also opened up new new audiences for us um mm-hmm. when i mean before covid we were screening i dream of singapore which is mm-hmm. a documentary by one pin um, yeah. about the migrant worker experience in singapore mm-hmm. um, and that you know we were we were screening that regularly in theaters and the q a's followed after the screenings but it was limited to you know an audience of 200. Mm-hmm. But then when when we moved that into the virtual space during Circuit Breaker um, and when we had virtual Q&As with migrant workers participating and everything, mm-hmm. you know, the, the audience exposure, you know, extended to the thousands um, mm-hmm. with just one, you know, um, Q&A. So for, for me, that was a great opportunity, like the, the silver lining in, yeah. in, you know, trying to go into a virtual experience uh, where we were reaching out to audiences who would never have come to mm-hmm. the cinema at Golden Mile Tower, for example. It's good to know that you guys also, you know, giving back to the community that way. Yeah, so I mean, for, for us, it's it's important and it also gives us that satisfaction. I mean, we need to be commercially viable because it keeps us sustaining, uh, you know, in the years to come. Mm-hmm. But we also need to, you know, for us, it's important to actually have these, you know, difficult conversations that you may not, um, expect in in commercial spaces uh, they tend to be like you know limited to NGO spaces kind of thing so for us it's also trying to extend that into you know maybe apathetic consumers who may just come for entertainment but then mm-hmm. we'd like to just prompt them a bit to, to think a little you know in so before we go um, maybe you could tell us what the projector has planned um, up to the end of the year 
Yeah, um, sure. Actually, a lot of exciting stuff since everyone's stuck in Singapore and nobody's leaving. Mm-hmm. Generally, we tend to wind, wind down in December, <laughs> but uh, yeah, looks looks like we've got a lot. And we, we are mm-hmm. opening the French Film Festival um, this Thursday on the 6th of, uh, sorry, this Friday on the 6th mm-hmm. of November. Um, and that's going to run till 22nd November. We've, we've got a bunch of contemporary French films, including some of 85 from Francois Zone mm-hmm. and some of the uh, French New Wave or older films, including Agnes Vada's um, Cleo 5 to 7. Okay. Uh, but, and following, following that, we, we are also you know, partnering the Singapore International Film Festival for the uh, Film Festival from 26th. November uh, mm-hmm. to 6 December. That's both in the cinemas at FilmGuard and at the projector, mm-hmm. and also online on the projector plus the platform that we developed and launched recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's something to look forward to because that will be pretty cutting edge content um, that you can expect. And you know, if you don't want to come to the cinema, it's the same content is available online um, for you to watch at home. Okay, great. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us, Prashan. No problem. Okay, have a great day. I hope the projector stays around for many, many more years. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode of On The Mic. This show is brought to you by Yahoo Singapore, and you can find us on Acast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll have more great interviews coming your way really soon, so do stay tuned. Until next time, this is Dani Osman signing off. <laughs>